Hey everybody, it is Watar. This is First Things Foundation attempt to have a conversation with you and they're using me, John Hears, to do it. I don't know, I kind of like being used. This is our last session on war. That's right, I think there's four parts to this bad boy. There should have been 400 parts. I want to apologize for being less than articulate about this most profound subject. But today we're going to look at just war and finish up and then move on with our lives on water. Guys, I'm going to start with Bishop Barron. He's a cat lick. You guys probably know him. I would say Bishop Barron's doing pretty good work out there in the world called the crumbling modern world and the birth of postmodernism within that world. I think he's doing pretty good. Right? Just war theory is an attempt, I don't know, to make sense of a crumbling world, of a, of a fallen world. And it was done, as we're going to talk about, we're going to give you the history. It was done for a particular reason, and I think we'll get into it. But in the end, it's really just an attempt, just war theory, to figure out the right way to kill people. How can people in charge kill people without getting in trouble? I know, I know, everyone's mad at me who thinks just war works. By the way, I want to thank a very particular set of people for a very particular book called The Virtue of War. This thing helped me a lot. I probably won't make Virtue of War people happy in the next 20 minutes, but I like that book. It was very helpful. So check out that book if you want. It's by uh, Father Alexander Webster and Daryl Cole. The Virtue of War. Amazing. And also helpful. And now, bringing you the foundations, the foundations of just war theory is Bishop Barron himself. So what are some of these criteria that the Catholic tradition has invoked to, um, to justify war in certain circumstances? Well, here's the first one. A just war must be declared by a competent authority. There you go. That's to say, someone, some government agency or individual who speaks for the totality of the people. Yeah. So a just war is not one that's prompted by some particular group or some family working out a, a problem. It's, it's declared by some agency that speaks for the whole people. There you go. Here's a second criterion. There must be a just cause. Now, in recent years, the church has really restricted this. The only finally just cause is when innocent life is being aggressively threatened. So when a country is being attacked or invaded, it may, as it were, put its arms up in self-defense. So there must be a competent authority declaring the war a just cause. A third consideration, there's got to be a proportion between the goal to be attained 
and the terrible destructiveness of the war. Mm. And so if, if you're convinced that, no, that the price is just too high here, yes, we're trying to defend the innocent, but in the process, we're going to cause far much uh, more mayhem, well, then we're not dealing with a just war. A couple other criteria that I think are interesting. One is the reasonable hope of success. So entering into a just war, you have to have some sense that, yes, we're likely to be successful in this enterprise. If if there's a hopeless undertaking, well, then it's not really a justified war. A final criterion is what we call the right intention of the belligerents or of of the warriors. So even if the war is, is justified, but you're going into it with the wrong attitude, you're fighting for another reason. I just don't like those you know, Germans or Japanese or Russians. Well, that's not a legitimate ground. So right there, I want to thank Bishop Barron for allowing me to use his words. They're helpful. You know, we could recap it real quick. Just authority. You got to have a, a, a just cause. War is just when it's proportional. War is just when it has a probability of success. And war is just when it has the right intentions. You can't roll in to try to kill non-combatants. You can't roll in to go, hey, let's have a war. And then it's actually for oil. I don't think that works as a just war. Yeah. So why Bishop Barron is because as you're going to see right now, we're going to run through history because that's what we do. It's We're investigating the old world so we can understand the new. We're going to run through history and try to figure out where this came from, where this idea came from. So, first of all, it gets into the Catholic West through, really, St. Ambrose, okay, and St. Augustine. But it really, it's born out of a Christian struggle. It's born out of a good place. Because you got guys like, I don't know, let's call him Lucius. Gaius. <laughs> you got some Roman person there, right, who's becoming Christian. This is, I don't know, 100s, 200s. And Lucius and Gaius are like, hey, guys, um, here's what I'm thinking. Because of Christ resurrected and stuff, um, when my uncle pressures me to go fight in Gaul, which I really don't know where that is, uh, I don't really feel like pulling a sword on a guy because of, you know, Christ and stuff, and I don't feel right about it. And so, like, if Christ is God and then we're like God, then maybe I shouldn't let my uncle gaslight me into feeling bad about killing people. Right? <laughs> that's my that's my Roman right. Right? So Gaius and Lucius are looking for an answer. They're like, I don't know what to do about this. And so what you get is St. Ambrose and St. Augustine, you get them trying to address this. Because, guys, at the time, the world is eye for eye. It's just eye for eye. That's the kind of world it is. And so in an eye for eye world, it ma- it's really easy. It makes total sense. They killed my brother, and now I got to kill their brother. It's, I, know, I know I'm making light of it, but it's just trust me. When your passion was lit to go kill some dude's brother, then no one was going like, that doesn't seem right. And then all of a sudden, the Christians are like, well, let's take a second look at this. Uh, 
So what you get is a type of reasoning, a type of church reasoning that's trying to make sense of what to do in this very difficult world. And this kind of reasoning leads to a type of Western Christianity, a type of thinking. Now, I'm not saying that it was all like ruined. I'm just saying to make sense, how does one make sense? Well, you're going to see the West starts to lean on rationality. St. Thomas Aquinas picks up just war theory, beefs it up. In fact, a lot of the words and language you're hearing from Bishop Barron is St. Thomas Aquinas. It's in the catechesis of the Catholic Church. Then guess what? Contrary to popular belief, the reformers, we're talking the 1500s now, Luther, Calvin, the guys who create Protestantism or the protest against Catholicism, contrary to popular belief, they just don't destroy everything Catholic. They actually adopt just war theory. Final Christian sort of working on just war is a guy named Hugo Grotius. He's a lawyer. I don't even know if he's that Christian, to be perfectly honest. He's a Dutch guy. And he's super connected to all the major leaders, all the, the princes and the kings of Europe. Um, and he does a lot of the work that we know today and is in the canon of something called just war. Yeah. He's sort of the last theological foray into trying to figure out what Christians should do with war. After Grotius, a ton, a ton, a ton of Europeans pick up on just war theory. But I'm arguing that they're not very Christian. They're becoming deist and trying to figure out just war. And so the Enlightenment Project picks up just war and tries to make sense of it. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Enlightenment Project, the light people who take a hold of just war, start to rationalize it, make laws, make further laws. They're sort of moving toward a UN of just war. And what happens is, is that process of rationalization of war ends in the theory called total war, which we talked about last time. And total war basically is the latest, greatest light person take on the organized killing of human beings. And what is it? Well, Total War basically asked two questions. And it was asked by German strategists in the 19th century. Clausewitz creates one of the early, early idea theories on Total War. Then the American generals toward the end of the Civil War, like Sherman, start to use it. And then it gets perfected by these two guys you may have heard of. They're neat. They're fun. Hitler and Stalin. Yikes. They're good at Total War. But this total war theory, right, it moves and becomes everyone's theory on war, including Roosevelt, Bush, Churchill. What happens is total war becomes the theory on war. Putin's war right now is total. Reasonable war is the one you fight to win quickly, period. Total war is the war you work, you fight, you do it quickly so that the enemy is totally destroyed. Putin's war is reasonable in that way. He's not asking questions about a proper authority. He's not asking questions about, is his invasion of the last resort? Is it being done proportionately? That's not... Let me wonder, is this 
Is this the last resort for Russia? No, he's not doing this. Putin, like Stalin and Hitler, Roosevelt, Churchill, Mao, Biden, anyone of the modern age, all of them and all the ones to come after this, they aren't weighing the reasons of just war when they open fire. They're asking two things. Can we win? And can we benefit from our enemy's destruction? Because we're going to destroy him. We're not going to fight and not destroy the enemy. That's the point. That's a total war concept. And if winning means becoming bigger and better and better off as a society, as a leader, as a group, then war is possible. Kill whatever you need to just make sure it's short and decisive and total. That's just the way people think of war now. And I'm arguing that total war is what happens when you try to justify war. Christians should try and avoid doing that. Because war is not just. It's a sin. <laughs> Sorry, this is the position of the East. And many of the ancient Christians we call Orthodox on this podcast. Just war, justice, war is like dry water. It's not a thing. <laughs> Consider this. Emperor Nikiphorus Phocas, right? Byzantine, he suggested that men who die in battle against the Muslims, here they come. These Muslims are attacking the Byzantine Empire. He thinks all of his soldiers should be considered martyrs because they are defending the Christian Empire called Orthodox. And the church said, no. They refused. Those aren't martyrs. They are soldiers, and they are good men, but they ain't martyrs. St. John Chrysostom says that clearly, above all, Christians are not permitted to forcibly correct the failings of those who sin. What? Secular forces like the police and schools and prisons, they use force to correct. That's right. He knew that. But he says Christians don't do this. I told you, St. John's always very difficult. Christians change the world through force of example of self. In other words, they war on themselves. St. Basil, because he realized that life gets, I don't know, gets you all jammed up. It creates a lot of awful things that regular humans have to worry about. Right? He realized that Humans who get jammed up and are trying to do something good, like, say, serving in the armed forces, sometimes those people end up doing, oh, I don't know, sin, bad things, like bombing an orphanage or shooting someone in the forehead. So St. Basil maintained that anyone guilty of war should refrain for three years from communion. And check this out, as a sign of repentance, of turning away and back to something more beautiful. I, I'm not making this up. Justin Martyr, he wrote, Christians who formerly killed one another refused to make war on each other. Origin. He who, you know, was he trans before there was trans? He was cutting off his junk. Origin wrote that Christians no longer take up the sword against any nation. 
nor do we learn the art of war anymore. Instead, we've become sons of peace through Jesus, our founder. So I could go on, guys, but it would get irritating because deep down, we all sort of know that war is off. But I want you to know, and you already do know this, everything is off. The world is off. It's fallen. Being a soldier is not evil. Being a lawyer is not evil. But like, I don't know, all things in the fallen world, being itself is wrought with danger. Being is wrought with death. And like death, which is a passageway to life, all things are redeemable. What? Death was redeemed. Oh, so it's a messy, messy thing. There's no scientific equation. You see, there's no canon that can fix this. Look, for Orthodox Christianity, war is always a combination of love and hate. Animal hate, human love, the best and worst of us. When in war, we're defending the innocent, we do a good thing. When we defend the holy things, we do a good thing. When we kill, we do a bad thing. You can't try and figure it out like some Manichaean priest. You can't go black and white. Right? You can't. Here's what you shouldn't be. A war ethicist. (laughs) You can't call something by its wrong name. It's not just. It, It gets confusing in the soul. Killing makes everything off. Even the father who kills an intruder to save his his children. That wasn't like a regular old day buying a burrito at Moe's. Something happened. It's like a trench opened up in the soul. When you kill, something's off. And the old world Christianese knows this. Justice is an insufficient condition for justification. There is no thing called a necessary evil. It's just called the evil. And you did it, and you got to live with it. And I suggest highly that you confess it, because if you don't get it out, it's going to be like a toxin, because it wasn't good. And it's the same. It's the same even if a justly appointed authority told you to go kill your neighbor in Ukraine or in Chicago. You might have to do it, Uh, it's not good for you. Bad. It's not just. It might be the war gathers you up, but when it does, you're going to engage in both the sin of war and the glory of war. And there is glory because when you go to help a helpless brother get out of a trench because he got his leg blown off and you get him out of there, that is a glory, man. That is to be, that's the highest of highs. That's why war is always where you find the best stories because it's the highest and the lowest of the human existence. So no war is just in the Orthodox world, but war is a thing and we do it. And to be a soldier is not unlike being a shepherd. You can, and you likely will sin doing both. So let's finish. Total war is every war. Every war is an attempt to bring heaven down to earth. Every war is an attempt to take something good. Hitler was doing this too. Something good. Something good. Now, was it good? That's different. But he believes it to be good. He's going to bring down that beauty down 
down to earth. And it's going to make the world a better place. All wars bring down some consensus, some idea of heaven to a reality we call earth. So if your heaven, your good, is reason, your war to bring reasonable laws to earth is justified by your God. If your heaven, your good, is race, your war to bring the good race to power on earth to have the good race reign on earth, well, that's justified by your God. If your good is, if your God is stuff, then your war to get stuff and bring stuff down from the high places to earth, that's a just war. It's justified by your stuff God. And if your God is you and your war will bring all that you want to earth, then your war is justified by your God, which happens to be you. <laughs> in that way, Augustine and Aquinas and all the just war teachers, they were doing a most interesting thing. They were setting up ways to allow their brethren, their warriors to bring their Christianity to earth. It was a very rational Christianity. And when it was applied, well, by and to rational Christians, it was a just war. The theory made sense. It brought a type of proper Christian order to earth. I get it. It's a valiant set of rules for a very violent world. But not unlike the Grand Inquisitor and the brothers Karamazov, we're left to ask the question, hmm, is such an imposition, such a bringing of heaven to earth, well, is that what we are called to do when we call ourselves Christians? Is there justice in this world? Hmm. And that is Wantar. Much love to you guys. Check us out, www.first-things.org. Come back. We're going to do a couple more sessions. Well, not on war. War's finished. We're going to do some more sessions. I feel bathing coming up. We're going to talk about bathing. We're also going to talk about our Substack. You guys should go check it out. Uh, our Substack, if you subscribe, it allows you to join us on our once a month phone calls where we talk about heavy things lightly. You should join us. Become a recurring donor. Much love from all of our guys in the field. First Things Foundation. Peace out.